0: It's a total voter fraud when you think of it.
1: Well, then I just won't think of it. How's that? Problem solved. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling
2: there's something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me jokers to the right here i am stuck in the middle with you yep. yes i'm stuck in the from
1: pacifica radio in los angeles this is your broadcast as heard on kpfk 90.7, 90.7 fm in la up in oregon on 91.7 fm kyaq and 106.7 fm queso out in pennsylvania on 93 fm wlri in lancaster on 88.5 FM, KAKU, The Voice of Maui. Up in Minneapolis, St. Paul, on AM 950, KTNF, The Progressive Voice of Minnesota. And of course, coast to coast and around the globe. On the Progressive Voices channel, NetRoots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville. And on Radio Sputnik, five days a week, I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, and muckraker from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us for another thrilling, action-packed adventure Man, as the presidential election season heats up big time, we've got debate coverage uh, coming up on our next episode. We continue to cover Iowa. We will be covering the New Hampshire primary and not just the horse race stuff, but the stuff that actually matters. Since Monday night and the first in the nation caucuses in Iowa, We've been talking about him here on the uh, on the broadcast and about concerns about uh, particularly on the uh, on the Democratic side, concerns about the results, the accuracy, some of the chaos that was apparent on Monday night seen around the state. Not entirely unusual when you've got a contest as close as the one in uh, in Iowa on the Democratic side turned out to be, at least according to the numbers that have been reported. So that's not entirely unusual, but as I've said many times, concerns come out over time afterwards, after the election, in the days, in the weeks, sometimes months and years after. So we've been keeping our eyes on that, even as much of the uh, media, of course, is is you know looking at the political aspect. We're looking at the election integrity aspect for both the Democratic and the Republican side, and now I'm— well, I, I, I'm i happy to say, but I have to put the word happy in quotes, that the Des Moines Register is also expressing concerns as well about what happened on Monday. Their editorial today is, uh, is headlined, Something Smells in the Democratic Party. Wow. That's not at bradblog.com. That's not at uh, blackboxvoting.org. That is the Des Moines Register, which, by the way, endorsed Hillary Clinton in the Iowa caucuses. Uh, the um, the registers uh, editorial from the editorial staff there uh, says, in part, we can take ribbing over our quirky process here in Iowa. But what we can't stomach is even the whiff of impropriety or error. What happened Monday night at the Democratic caucuses was a debacle, period. Democracy, particularly at the local level, can be slow, messy, and obscure, but the refusal to undergo scrutiny or allow for an appeal reeks of autocracy. The Iowa Democratic Party must act quickly to assure the accuracy of the caucus results beyond a shadow of a doubt. First of all, the results were too close not to do a complete audit of results, the paper says, Two tenths of 1% separated Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. A caucus should not be confused with an election, but it's worth noting that much larger margins trigger automatic recounts in other states. Second, they say, too many questions have been raised. Too many accounts have arisen of inconsistent counts, untrained and overwhelmed volunteers, confused voters, cramped precinct locations, a lack of voter registration forms, and other problems. Too many of us, including members of the Register editorial board who were observing caucuses, saw opportunities for error amid Monday night's chaos. The editorial goes on uh, to call on the uh, Democratic Party to break silly party tradition and release the raw vote totals to be transparent and then call for a blue-ribbon commission to study how to improve the caucuses as the Republican Party of Iowa did after its own fiasco in 2012. Monday's mess, they say, showed that it's time for the Democrats to change as well. All right, well, there you have it. Uh, Joining us to talk about all of this, uh, I've been talking to her throughout the week, uh, both before and after the Iowa caucuses. ...is our old friend Bev Harris, founder of the nonpartisan election integrity watchdog BlackBoxVoting.org, author of the now infamous book Black Box Voting. Uh, BBV, as we call it, has long fought against opaque, non-transparent electronic voting and tabulation systems, and with Iowa caucuses now a mess and the New Hampshire primary, which could be far worse, frankly, for a number of reasons that I hope to get to. Uh, I'm happy to check back in with her today. Bev Harris, welcome back to the broadcast.
0: Well, it's absolutely a pleasure to, to be with you. You always seem to have it right, uh, you know, a week or two ahead of everybody else.
1: <laughs> well, I, I wish that wasn't the case. I'd like to be wrong about these things, and frankly, I'd like to not have you on quite as often, because that would probably mean... <laughs> Everything's working out great. All right. We got a lot to discuss here, including yeah. uh, your thoughts and concerns about the process in Iowa on Monday night, the continuing fallout over the election, inte- well, caucus integrity, as you described it in a recent piece at Black Box Voting on both the Democratic and the Republican sides. We're now on the Republican side, by the way. There are actual charges of fraud and a stolen election. Those are now being heard from uh, some of the candidates themselves. And uh, also, since this is probably our last conversation before New Hampshire on Tuesday, I want to talk to you specifically about your concerns about that and what people can do preemptively and on the night of the uh, the primary to try to avoid disaster. Also, uh, Bev, we lost another great election integrity champion this week. Uh, last night, in fact, someone who I know that you and I both worked with closely over the years. So I want to discuss that as well uh, today. So lots to get to. Uh, but first, the one issue that I think is, is not actually that important, but it seems to have caught the imagination of a lot of people, is these coin tosses. Reportedly, uh, that Hillary Clinton won um, county delegates uh, in where there were ties in uh, some uh, six out of six different caucuses where these coin tosses happened. Uh, the uh, The Atlantic reports actually that Sanders may have won the same amount. That's unclear. That's just some of the murk on the Democratic side. But uh, to so, I want to get your thoughts on that. But to make things. Even uh, crazier here, Bev Harris, I don't know if you saw this, but I received in my inbox uh, of from someone who I respect, was very concerned, an article from ABC News that turns out to be a complete fake, but in which you, at least Black Box Voting, are mentioned. Did you see this uh, fake no. ABC? It's quite a convincing fake, frankly. Is
0: it, uh, yeah. a, is it recent?
1: Yeah, it's it's dated February 3rd, Bev, and it was... Oh, no. Yeah, and so I want to get your response to it. It was at a fake site that is something like abcnews.com.co. It's not the actual ABC News, uh, but uh, the uh, beginning of this fake article... Uh, The headline DNC involved in joint investigation to Clinton coin toss says a full scale investigation has been launched following a discovery of potential corruption in the Iowa caucus by a local black box voting, a nonpartisan investigative organization dedicated to preserving the integrity of elections, has joined with the DNC over allegations that a coin toss. I know I thought you'd want to know uh, the, the allegations that a coin toss. Uh, to decide six delegates for Hillary Clinton was fixed in his favor. It goes on to say, once Black Box Voting received the video, they promptly launched an investigation oh with the DNC, goodness. and that Black Box Voting refuses to make an official statement claiming whether this case is being considered fraud currently. So,
0: Oh, well, I'll make a statement that yes. the article is considered fraud. Yes. <laughs> this is amazing. I mean, yeah. not only has... Did that not happen? But certainly nobody has contacted me at all regarding that. But I'd be happy to discuss the coin tosses with you, Brad, because I, you yeah. do seem to have integrity.
1: Well, I'd, I wanted to talk about that, but I wanted to give you a chance to note that article and to note that it uh, you agree that it is uh, oh complete goodness. and utter nonsense, even though it has ABC News written on it. So... Uh, you you uh, disassociate yourself from that article entirely correct
0: Thank you all yes. right oh absolutely no I have nothing to do with
1: that That said I uh, I spoke uh, with uh, election uh, with the Iowa caucus expert Professor David Redlosk earlier this week uh, about the process that takes place in Iowa this insane <laughs> process uh, more insane I think on the on the uh, Democratic side. He talked about the coin tosses. He got his numbers, I think, wrong. And I've heard from a lot of people that he, he got the numbers wrong. He, he's not a statistician or a mathematician. He's a political scientist. But his point in general was that six out of six for one candidate over another is not as extraordinary as it seems. And there must be a way to settle these uh, ties when you have them uh, in elections and at the caucuses. So your thoughts, your concerns about this uh, coin toss stuff.
0: Well, you know, I've looked into it a little bit, and um, it's interesting. The the six-for-six six is one source. What happened is they weren't required to report whether they used a coin toss. Um, and so there was six that went for Bernie Sanders, according to reports of people who were there, but that didn't show up in the, in the database at the, uh, weren't recorded in the database of the DA, DNC, which mm-hmm. was re- retrieving all these things. So and they got six for six for Hillary in six different locations. And so what the Des Moines Register is asking for, I got to tell you, I love these guys because they just don't let them get away with this stuff. They said, "We want you mm-hmm. to disclose all the coin tosses mm-hmm. and how they came out." Yep. That's all, you know, and that's that's really the bottom line is, um, if they won't disclose stuff, that it smells. If they disclose it. Everybody can see for themselves, and I don't think there's going to be a problem.
1: Now, in and of itself, would you have a concern? I mean, obviously the implication here is that somehow uh, the DNC or the Clinton campaign was fixing these coin tosses, which seems incredibly unlikely, at six different locations. Uh, and and it should be underscored here, because this has been misreported in a lot of places, Bev. Uh, that yeah,
0: yeah. And, and actually, even now, yeah. I believe they're reporting six out of seven instead of six out of six, and um, apparently, you know, there were a whole lot more coin tosses. There was a lot of coin Mm -hmm. tosses, apparently. And so, um, really, I think the only thing at this point is to require them to disclose the coin tosses and the reason for them. By the way, Mm -hmm. one of the accounts that I have that's pretty credible indicates it was not because of a tie, now, most of them were because of ties, right. but one of them, it was because there were 60 more votes than voters, and they never could, you know, unravel it, so they said, let's do a coin toss. So, you know, there that's where you start saying, well, let's understand not just where they had them and how they turned out, but why they said they had to do a coin toss. Was it because of a tie, or was it because some other thing that created... Um,
1: Incurable uncertainty. You and your transparency and your oversight. It, it should all. I also want to note, uh, as uh, Professor Redlosk made clear, you know, because we we had these, you know, the delicate what they call the state delegate equivalents, uh, were I think two or three apart between Sanders and Clinton on Monday night. But these coin tosses, as Redlosk explained it to me, in any event, were not actually for those so-called state delegate equivalents they were for county delegates which is a fractional part of the of the whole so even if all of those coin tosses had all gone to sanders it would not necessarily have resulted in uh in a different winner being named at the state delegate equivalent level if that makes sense
0: true but this is this is um and i notice a lot of times you know to me the point is missed it's like it isn't about who benefited other than if the person benefits and it, it has insufficient random. Or the word is insufficient randomness. It mm-hmm. basically means, you know, six for six, 12 for 12. It's not random enough. Um, you know, that would indicate that it, it does favor somebody. But, you know, the the first order of business is how many were there? Because if there was 30 of them, mm-hmm. maybe it would make a difference. <laughs> if there was 100, I mean, we don't know, you right. know because they won't disclose. And and what's so interesting is that the Democratic Party of Iowa has just dug in its heels, said, absolutely not. We stand by the results that nothing else is going to be released, and yeah. I hope they'll change their stance on that.
1: I hope so, too, because I know you've been looking at some of these videos that have come out, and, and by the way, though there are a number of them, there's not a huge amount, and I th- uh, of these videos. Each one, in and of themselves, is obviously a concern when you look at it. But it's also possible to look at some of these videos and think, well, the entire state is falling apart when what you're looking at is, uh, you know, one caucus site where there was a problem, uh, or two, ca- or three, or four, even right. uh, out of some almost 1,700 caucus sites. One of them that I believe you saw, uh, and and someone had posted this to. Uh, C-SPAN. So it it, it got a lot of attention. It said voter for Hillary Clinton voter fraud in Polk County. And what it showed, uh, essentially, if I can uh, summarize what happened was uh, and wish me luck on this summary. But there was essentially uh, uh, Sanders had won in the first count by a, a slim margin. 215 to 210 as far as people at the caucuses. Martin O'Malley did not receive enough support to be viable, as they call it, in Iowa. So his supporters had to go to uh, other candidates. And then when they did, it turned out Hillary Clinton had more support than Bernie Sanders. But the Clinton uh, captain there apparently did not do a full recount. She just counted the number of new people that came over to the Clinton side that result people yeah.
0: left and if people have left they don't get counted in the redo so uh, you know they did something that was they shouldn't have done uh, which is they it, there was quite a few people when you see the video I mean it wasn't mm-hmm. it was kind of like a room full yeah and so it wasn't like you could just look at them and do it you'd have to actually count them and apparently a number of people left and they did uh, the Bernie Sanders people did the recount and Hillary's people just uh, said well here it is but they didn't really recount them uh, and very possibly that could have changed because maybe some of their people went home you know there were these procedural things which they're uh, you know i like people say well there's problems in every election my mantra is let's that's fine and not necessarily fine but that that may be true but let's see the problems all mm-hmm. i'm saying is let us see them you know and let us address them because what happened there was they did videotape it they did uh fight against it, they sort of, you know, what happens when you get a candidate that brings in um, a lot of new blood, a lot of new interest, is uh, they're not quite the old pros at how to game the system with the rules and the bureauc- bureaucratic uh, structure, and so, you know, they kind of have, they kind of run circles around them, because they sort of know the arcane rules and can kind of get around it. So what was done there, uh, it was a little dodgy, uh, I'm glad it was caught, I think we need to help to, to do these things where we hold them accountable for, for doing these things. we got to raise the bar instead of just saying, well, you know, it was just a political trick. I hate that word, political mm-hmm. trick. What it was was, you know, unethical and breaking the rules, and we need to hold people to account in it, those it, situations.
1: It was unethical and breaking the rules if the uh, Clinton captain actually knew, actually understood that she was breaking the rules by not doing a full recount of her supporters. That's not entirely clear. But you have underscored when I talked to you about this earlier this week, you underscored to me that this is actually a sign of success in that we can see it, that people are paying attention, that there is Mm -hmm. oversight video. You know, we can now go back and figure out, well, what the hell happened in Polk County? Was it actually fraud? And by the way, I just want to make clear Uh, It's been reported as voter fraud. It was absolutely... (laughs) Well, what's your thought on that? Was that voter fraud? You
0: know, they call everything voter fraud. uh, It's so odd. It's like even... We'll get to this in a minute, but even Trump is claiming that when one of the candidates you know, uh, spread some gossip that wasn't true about another candidate, that that was voter fraud. Right. (laughs) I'm like, how is this voter fraud? Can we just call it what it is, which is, you know, a problem with election integrity or, in some cases, election tampering. But it's not about the voters. Why are we pointing fingers at these you know, the, the most idealistic level
1: is the voter. Right. Leave the voters alone. The voters are doing fine, by and large. It's uh, other problems, perhaps election fraud, perhaps tampering, perhaps dirty tricks, but everything is not voter fraud. Leave the voters alone. They're doing yes. great. All right. Just to give folks an idea of... Some of the chaos that the world was able to see for the first time that may have been there before, but now we're able to see it as more people videotape and so forth. I want to play just a minute or so from the uh, Ames District uh, 1-3 caucuses. This goes on for a while, but I'll I'll just play a minute or so here just to get a, a, a flavor of what was going on in Ames, Iowa, at this particular caucus at least, where... Forty five minutes had gone on as they argued about the rules and how to change how Martin O'Malley supporters uh, who were not viable at this particular caucus had to change their vote. Here's just a, a flavor of the chaos going on inside these caucuses.
3: That one number is used in a single formula all night. OK, it's used in a single formula all night. We have four delegates.
1: Five. so it's going to five, five. five. Uh, please state your name position in the party by the way no no in, in all seriousness I'm willing to back down on this and let you do what you want to do if you state right now that this is your position and this is correct if you are I'm willing to let it go I need to make sure though that I go on record fighting this because what I've been told is that this is wrong and that this needs to be done differently if you're willing if you're willing to go on record go for it and I will back down
2: okay we have argued about this for about 45 minutes, would it not be easier to just go do the first vote?
1: He won't let us.
2: Can we please do it? I'm pregnant, I have to pee. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: Again, if you're willing to go on record saying that I disagree with you and you believe this is the correct way to do it, I will back down and let you continue. But I need that to go on record. Well, first of all,
2: uh, he and I appreciate it. After, you contest it afterwards. And you get the, the idea.
1: The chaos whole goes whole on and on. That was the precinct chair who would not give his for some reason, would not give his name in front of the camera, would not state what he believed the procedure to be. And that was a Bernie Sanders uh, supporter trying to ask him to do exactly that for the camera uh bev harris of black box voting your thoughts on 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 that video specifically and the idea in in general of the various chaos we saw on monday night
0: you know that one uh i have to say gets my hackles up because what really was happening and it takes it takes a while and you kind of have to piece together you know comments Mm -hmm. from elsewhere but uh, then you can see what they were doing. What this man was doing, now they're supposed to count in public, you know, all the people stand there and they count them up. What this man was doing was trying to delay the vote and insist that everybody go outside, give their vote to a person, and then go home. In other words, right. they were going to report their vote basically privately to this guy and then leave, which was right. terrible. I mean, that would be taking it from an open process to a closed process with no remedy. Uh, So what he was trying to make everybody do in his delay was very bad. And the the, uh, supporter who was saying, state your name and uh, that this is your position, uh, was, was successful ultimately in getting a public count inside. But that was, I think, a good example of the kind of things that happened uh, that we might probably didn't know about because they weren't being documented with people holding up their cell phones.
1: But now they are being documented, and right. you you think this is a good thing, ultimately. Well, it's, good.
0: it's not a good thing that he was doing something that right. was pretty egregious. Right. But it's a good thing that it was documented, and ultimately that, that it was successfully um, pushed back against Mm-hmm. And they ended up you know defeating something that would have been really not good, so I think you know people they always they always like want to game the system and then say, "Oh, you can't get people to come out and be involved and the young people you know well, if you act like that and there's no remedy, they're not gonna want to come out and be involved, but what happens in this kind of situation it actually gets people energized. They're like, hey, he was doing something. He was trying. In fact, in one point in the video, the guy says he's trying to take away my democratic rights. You know, I mm-hmm. mean that kind of stuff. And then successfully pushing back and getting it in public as it was supposed to be. I thought that was uh, really—it's a positive sign because. We haven't been there, as we all know. We've been just accepting, you know, hidden Mm -hmm. things that we can't see. I
1: I need to take a quick break here, Bev, and we'll come back with more. And I want to talk about the uh, concerns on the Republican side where Donald Trump is now saying, The caucus was stolen. Uh, (laughs) And I want to talk about uh, New Hampshire coming up uh, Tuesday, first in the nation primary coming up on Tuesday. But before we get to that break, Bev, I'm getting a lot of I have been getting all week a lot of uh, mail in my inbox saying Hillary Clinton stole the Iowa caucuses. I'd like to get your response to that. Do we know if the Iowa caucuses on the Democratic side were stolen? Uh, are these people being helpful, not helpful? What is your thought on, on, well, on the idea that it was stolen by either Hillary or the Democratic Party at this point?
0: Well, I think if you refuse to show the underlying data, I mean, they're refusing to show, you know, the, the pieces that make up the whole. So if you refuse to do that, then it doesn't look good it makes it look like you're doing something you shouldn't it smells as the des moines register said if 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 she didn't steal it then simply come forth with the information and say here it all is take a look hiding it uh just hurts the whole process and so i i have to say i mean i told you mm-hmm. um you know i don't know if she wanted it right <laughs> way back when before all this was coming out right and it's because you know it it was not just that it was there was quite a lot of delays there was one in Hancock County where they were trying to to get the results you know put into the tally and the democratic party in the state actually said oh we don't think we'll accept that right now go back and check it a few more times and it took them hours to get their result put in which had a a vote for bernie of course and so when you when you see stuff like that, it's like you've got to open it out, you've got to mm-hmm. make it transparent, and then there you know, no matter what you did, just let it all shake out and let people figure it out. I think to say she stole it, we don't have the information to know that.
1: No, we don't. And that was one of the points I wanted to get to is that it's not helpful in my opinion. And I know you and I both, uh, Bev Harris, have taken, you know, a lot of heat at various times when people claim that we are claiming an election was stolen when, in fact, we were not. Mm -hmm. So I I just want to be clear. I'm not claiming this was stolen. I don't think you're claiming it was stolen. But you're saying let's have the oversight to find out what actually happened. Right. And that's what democracy should be about. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's your.
0: That's exactly right. You know, let us see. I, and I think most people I talk to, even mm-hmm. if they're very partisan, say, if I can see it and we lost fair and square, I will accept that. It really ticks people off when you say, we won and we're not going to show you how.
1: Yeah. And that's all that I think uh, a lot of people are asking for, including the Des Moines, including those uh, crazy conspiracy theorists over at the Des Moines Register on the editorial <laughs> board at this point. All right, I got to take a quick break and we'll be back with more with Bev Harris from blackboxvoting.org. Talk about the Republican side of the mess where they are claiming it was stolen and fraudulent uh, and what to do about New Hampshire and about the loss of one of our friends. I'm Brad Friedman and this is your broadcast. Stay tuned.
2: Little black boxes in cute little rows A screen that says touch me so cheerfully glows No paper trail, a make-believe poll Cast your vote down the memory hole Little black box where your little vote goes Down and down the memory well, the, hole the good news oh, here... Where,
1: oh, where did your little
2: vote go? Uh-huh
1: No The good news is, at least in Iowa, there are no little black boxes as far as touchscreens and uh, no little black boxes as far as touchscreens, which are 100 percent unverifiable in New Hampshire coming up next Tuesday. Don't ask me about South Carolina, where the votes are 100 percent unverifiable across the entire state. We'll talk about that, no doubt, in a few weeks. But for now... Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. And I am speaking with Bev Harris of blackboxvoting.org about Iowa and the mess that persists there after the caucuses and uh, the mess we are about to run into, perhaps, in New Hampshire. All right. I want to just finish up in Iowa, Bev, on the Republican side. We talked about the Democrats on the Republican side now. A bizarre situation has been developing over the last several days. Uh, uh, Ted Cruz apparently put out what is false information about Ben Carson on the night of the caucuses, saying, his campaign at least, telling people that Ben Carson was dropping out of the race. Uh, That was untrue. And uh, Donald Trump, who was uh, actually quite gracious on election night with his second-place concession speech, has now kind of recanted that entirely and has declared the uh, GOP caucuses, quote, fraudulent, stolen and said the results should be tossed out or the entire thing should be rerun because he feels that uh, uh, people who might have voted for Ben Carson ended up moving their vote to Ted Cruz and that that was enough to give Ted Cruz the victory in Iowa over Donald Trump who was slated to win, according to the pre-election polls. Your thoughts on that fine mess, Bev Harris?
0: Well, you know, there was legislation that was proposed but did not make it through, which would ban deceptive practices in politics. Um, It's against the law if you're a corporation to do that, and you can be prosecuted if you do that. When you make deceptive statements, uh, for let's say you're a corporation, you're not Ted Cruz and, and uh, Ben Carson, and you say, I just want to let you know that Apple is going to go under. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, something like that. You cannot do that. You can get prosecuted for uh, doing deceptive practices in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And the corporations, as we all know, are not the most accountable uh, entities in the world. Right. In politics, it's legal to be deceptive. In, in a lot of places, and it, you know, you skate through and you go on the line and stuff. So they'll say, you know, what if he if if he did this, mm-hmm. uh, and apparently this is widely reported, if he went around saying that one of the candidates who had not dropped out had dropped out, uh, that threw a bunch of people who uh, their votes mm-hmm. to whoever uh, Trump is claiming it threw him to Cruz, mm-hmm. and I, you know. Uh, these Republicans were getting like 1%, 2%, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Ben Carson, even so, got almost 10%. So I think if, if that's the case, there probably were a bunch of votes that went into a black hole somewhere and, and resurfaced in some candidates' columns. Right. Now, whether they were evenly distributed or they just decided, I don't like this at all and went home, what whatever actually happened to those votes, is hard to know.
1: But is but, that... If he
0: did it, it was deceptive, and I've been saying this, we've got to raise the bar. I keep hearing the press and also political scientists accept the status quo, and it, it really doesn't need to be accepted. You can call him out on it. Well,
1: you can call him out on it, but, you know, we do have the First Amendment when it comes to, uh, you know, certainly to political speech and, you know, the idea that, uh, you know, when is someone lying? When are they saying something they think is the truth in the case of this email? Well, I don't
0: agree with that. Well, well hang I don't on. think you can say somebody dropped out of the race unless you know darn well he dropped out of the race and have some kind of paperwork. But he because didn't say that. He
1: didn't, the, he didn't say that. He suggested, he said he's going, he, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's going to have a big announcement next week. He's not going to New Hampshire. He's going to Florida after this. He suggested he would be dropping out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't yeah. know that so they he, out and out so said it. So
0: he didn't actually cross the legal line. If One there, if there, there were a legal, legal line. With, though. Part, well, is is that we have to understand that accountability and ethics are not just in the legal sense. There's also moral responsibility. Mm-hmm. There's also um, ethical responsibility. And so, you know, one of the things I think we might want to take a look at in elections, because you and I have seen this a lot of times, where an election, something really bad will happen, and they'll say, well, it wasn't illegal, so change the law. It doesn't always matter if it wasn't illegal, if it was morally wrong, and frankly, uh, it was a pretty reckless thing to do. And yes, it might not have been illegal. It might—it's certainly too strong to say he stole the election. There's, you know, there's no way to really quantify or know that. So, so you know, mm-hmm. Trump is being bombastic. Big surprise. What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: not my Trump. But
0: but then Cruz had. Certainly, a moral responsibility to check that information. You're just going blabbing out, you know, in public. Oh, this guy, he might, you know, no matter what it is, you just don't do that. Um, And so.
1: Well,
2: they yeah. said they well s- it's
0: such a, such a uh, wonderful group that we have to vote for over there <laughs> yeah I know well, he
1: said yeah they said uh, media reports are saying Ben Carson is not going to New Hampshire, so they've got all kinds of ways to skate around it and in fact, they right, also right. included a voter verification notice that oh, they yes, emailed yeah. did you see that a particular yeah, thing yeah. your thoughts on that
0: well, he was basically. They do this a lot. They, they take these lists, voter lists, and then they publish them, and they say, go tell your voter he needs to get out there because he didn't vote in the last election. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of an, another odious practice. Um, I, I do believe that we have to be able to access the voter list. They don't need to be online, but we need to be able to access them in order to know who could vote if that's what we want to do. But that what he, that, what he did there sending emails and saying, go find this particular person and tell him he needs to That's violating their privacy. It really is.
1: And it scared them. I mean, it was meant to scare them. If you don't vote, your neighbors will know that you did not vote. And all of that might be strictly true, but it was intimidation. Intimidation
0: has no place in an election. And actually, the laws in some places are a little stronger against intimidation in any form than they are against deception. It's always interesting to me that uh, deception is okay in politics, according to the law.
1: Well, there you go. Uh, there's your First Amendment again, I guess, at least as the courts have decided it. You might not accept it, but I think that's what they claim. <laughs> uh, you know. All right, let, let's get to New Hampshire here. Uh, speaking of, well, transparency and everything else, a very quick reminder, back in 2008... Uh, Barack Obama was reported as the winner of the Iowa caucuses. He was winning in poll after poll after poll, independently uh, uh, carried out uh, you know, pre-election polls, all found him to be ahead of uh, Hillary Clinton by eight or ten points going into New Hampshire. And then on the night of New Hampshire, well, actually throughout the day, the exit polls apparently, according to, for example, Chris Matthews on MSNBC at the time, the exit polls also showed that uh, Barack Obama was going to win, but lo and behold, Hillary Clinton ended up winning, uh, and uh, Chris Matthews was just confounded by it. Everyone was confounded by it. Called it, uh, Tim Russert called it one of the great upsets in election history in America. So. Anything could happen right now. Bernie's ahead by 10 or 20 points, according to the polls, if you believe them. Uh, What are the concerns about the voting system in New Hampshire? And then we can talk about what people can do proactively uh, before, during and after in New Hampshire and around the country uh, to fight for election integrity.
0: Well, you know, it wasn't just 2008, 2012. uh, New Hampshire had some also had some real transparency problems. You know, most places with voting machines, and New Hampshire uses voting machines for about 96% of its population. Now, there's, a, there's more locations than that that don't use it, but the population, most of them use voting machines. Most states that have voting machines, the second step is everything gets fed into a central tabulator, and then that tabulator kind of adds everything up and says, this is the result. New Hampshire doesn't have a central tabulator, which is interesting. Uh, well, let me correct it. It has... It has a central tabulator. Her name is Karen. She's been there like 100 years. And her, what she does is she collects all these pieces of paper and then sits there privately and and types it into her own private Excel spreadsheet. Really? <laughs> uh, yes. And no one's allowed to watch.
1: Wait, this is the results you're talking about that come in yes. from, the, from the counties? She types yes. them into her own Excel spreadsheet?
0: Correct. And no one's allowed to watch.
1: Okay.
2: And,
0: and you know, so I went there. First of all, you know, ask the same question everybody's been asking, can I watch Karen and what she's typing in there and compare it with what she's got? No, 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 you can't do that. So I looked at the forms after she had typed them in, and there were all these cross-outs and everything. I mean, they were really pretty butchered, you know, and I was like, who crossed all these things out? You know, a lot of it was in the same though like the same person. I I'm not a handwriting expert. And then in 2012, Deborah Sumner, who's a citizen from New Hampshire who's done fantastic work, she went in on the primary night, said, "I would like to videotape uh, Karen entering uh-huh. the numbers," and they said, "No, that would violate Karen's privacy." <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I'm telling it to you. Well, straight. don't
1: we also have a concern before we even get to Karen? In other words, they have. We do. Have we paper do but ballots. I thought I'd bring
0: yeah. that one up first. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's one that people can do a little more about than the other one we're going to bring up. Um, Essentially, somebody needs to check and see what the heck Karen typed (laughs) in, and if it even matches the claimed result at the the precinct. Okay. You know, because uh, and the other thing is, it's kind of interesting because it goes from Karen's Excel spreadsheet to this old very antiquated website. I don't know how it gets from there here to there. And then often it'll change. You know, just a months later, you'll see numbers sort of change.
2: Right. And
0: so there's this oddness. And so one thing I think is really important, very much like what we said in Iowa, is for people to get out their mobile phones, take a picture of the results at the polling place, and, you know, they can text them to themselves, text them to a friend, put them on Facebook, tweet it. That puts a timestamp on it. You said you know? tweet,
1: you told me earlier this week, tweet the vote you had recommended that uh, people tweet do. The vote.
0: Yeah, but, you know, you have to be able to have an image with it, so mm-hmm. you need to be able to, to uh, but I started thinking, it doesn't need to go to a central location, it can go anywhere, it can go to your friend, you know, because mm-hmm. then you can look and see what Karen put in and went up on the web, and it better match what you photographed at the polls. If it doesn't, you've got a time-stamped photograph and you can you can hold her to account
1: and you're I think talking that's
0: one thing that is pretty important this time
1: and and we've got just a few minutes left uh, so i want to make sure you're talking about these are the poll tapes they're printed at each polling location at the end of the night when they close the polls they print out versions uh, either the results or the number of uh, votes that were cast at that polling uh, place those are the tapes you're talking about people getting photographs of and and the other
0: thing they they do is they have what's called a reconciliation form it's a piece of paper and they write on it Mm -hmm. this is how many people checked in to vote this is how many votes for each candidate and then they sign it at the bottom okay and so you know just photograph the paperwork it's not hard and and uh it, ship it off electronically somewhere, with a, you know, which will automatically timestamp it. And I think that is, it pretty much would be a good deterrent for the concept that somebody would sit there and type the wrong numbers into their private Excel spreadsheet with no one looking.
1: But they will say, Bev Harris, we've got paper ballots. They're hand-marked paper ballots here in New Hampshire. There is nothing to worry about. Never mind, Karen, we can always go back to those paper ballots that are counted almost entirely uh, by computer in New Hampshire. There's a few places that do it by hand. And they very quietly
0: and actually wrongfully passed a law in 2003 so that we cannot go back and look at those. In Vermont, you can go look at the ballots using a Freedom of Information request. You can do it in Florida. You can do it in Michigan. In New Hampshire, they put an amendment on an unrelated bill in the dark of night and quietly said, ballots are not a public record anymore. And so while they may say, we have paper ballots, anyone can look, that's not true. I tried. And they said, oh, oh well, we changed the law, you can't look. Sorry. Wow. So, But then we get to the last point, which is there... <laughs> As in the movie, Hacking Democracy, mm-hmm. we had a particular make and model of a machine that we demonstrated you could completely alter the vote totals and be, it would go undetected. Mm-hmm. So what did New Hampshire do? They immediately went out and bought the exact same mot- make and model that we demonstrated that on. And then they turned all of the programming for that and even the custody of that uh, to a private firm run by a couple of guys called, it's called LHS Associates <laughs> and these guys are so accommodating, they will not only program all the voting machines in, in uh, New Hampshire they will keep them in their own private warehouse and then they will pick them up right after the election those, nice of them?
1: those are the same guys uh, using the same uh, uh, machines in any event made by uh, Diebold, as they were known at the time, that is seen in HBO's Hacking Democracy, where you, you are seen in that movie and this election, a paper ballot election where the results are completely flipped from one candidate to the other on those uh, counting machines, on those optical scan right, systems. Right. And you would never know unless you bothered to actually count those paper ballots by hand. Those are still the they same now machines. Have
0: made against the law, unless uh, it's a recount, and now they've raised the bar on what can qualify for a recount. But so they, they are using those same... Those, they do not want human eyes on those ballots, and you have to, again, ask why. When you start having a situation where mm-hmm. they say, trust us, this is the result, but we won't show you how we arrived at it, and you can never see the underlying stuff it should immediately raise a red flag and it should give a voter no confidence.
1: And even though that that hack was seen uh, years ago in that HBO documentary, those are still the exact same machines they're still using in New Hampshire today in 2016.
0: Exactly. Fantastic. And they, not, they went out and okay. bought them right after the movie and so Concerned Citizens brought Harry Hursty, who's a, a hacker who actually did the hack, mm-hmm. they brought him to New Hampshire to testify in a public hearing in front of the legislature and of the elections committee, and he said, "Well, okay, you know, you've got these. Here are some mitigations you can do." Did they do any of the mitigations? No, they decided not to. So that un- is really telling when you see stuff like that. Un-
1: unbelievable, Bev. I- I've got. I want to get on to this because uh, we only have a minute or two left here, but. So hopefully people will keep an eye out, suffice to say, yeah. in New Hampshire where they can. And also, you know, getting screenshots throughout the night. If you're home watching the results as they come in on your computer, get the screenshots, uh, you know, take pictures of it and save them with a you know file name, a date stamp on them. And uh, as Bev Harris says, tweet the vote, tweet those results out, those pictures, because those screenshots have a way of changing over time and going in impossible directions. OK, very quickly, I've got uh, just a minute or two. We lost... Uh, uh, We lost another friend this week uh, in the election integrity community. Uh, Last week, we lost John Washburn, a uh, a, a great EI uh, guy up in uh, Wisconsin. I talked about him on the show last night. We lost our friend Tom Corbett from Riverside County, California, and uh, he was a Vietnam era vet. He was stationed in Korea. Uh, where the use of Agent Orange led to his multiple myeloma, which he had been fighting for years. uh, Even as he fought that uh, horrible disease, He led the fight for election integrity in Riverside County, California. It was the first county in the country to go to 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems back in 2000. He worked with groups like Save Our Vote, Election Defense Alliance, Progressive Democrats of America and others uh, against those touchscreens in favor of paper ballots, handmarked paper ballots. Uh, he was a former official for the county of Riverside, but in his retirement, he took on that county directly. He showed up at County Board of Supervisors, often driving them crazy, calling for oversight. Uh, he was a guest on this show many times throughout the years. He was cited at Bradblog.com for his extraordinary work, including, among other things, helping to expose the infamous yellow button on the back of Sequoia touchscreen uh, uh, voting systems that will allow you to vote as often as you like those machines are still used around the country today um, His work, uh, frankly, uh, was an inspiration to a lot of election integrity folks around the country, and even while he was fighting cancer for so many years, it was amazing. He would call me, I would talk to him about some election issue or another, and then he would mention casually that he happened to be in the hospital at that moment going through chemotherapy While he was uh, trying to uh, uh, have some uh, something done uh, uh, about our elections, a few months ago, the Riverside Board of Supervisors that he had taken on issued a proclamation honoring Tom Corbett for his work, citing uh, his work, uh, among other things, with Bev Harris at black box voting on that proclamation Uh, and amazingly. Uh, One of the whereases on that proclamation uh, recognized him for helping the county realize the need for a new registrar of voters, Uh, which he fought with them for years. Amazing. Yeah, your thoughts. Yeah, he
0: he had a very broad set of skills. You know, he provided his work product to me uh, when he knew he was going to pass away. I went down there in uh, November and spent the day with him and. It, as I've been going through the work products, which I will uh, permanently mm-hmm. archive at Black Box Voting under a section for Thank Tom, you. Um, I was absolutely stunned at the breadth of skills this man has. I mean, he he was the former finance director, so he had mm-hmm. auditing skills. Right. Uh, he successfully was able to debunk the cost arguments. For he had um, incredible skills in terms of getting media support. He was very well spoken. He taught me a lot about not overstating. You know, I I get kind of my dander up when I see this (laughs) stuff, and I just want to say what I think. But you know, he was always very measured, uh, and it was more effective that way. And I really learned a lot about that from him. I think you know, to lose Tom Corbett and John Washburn, you know, one to John Washburn was another very effective. Advocate Uh, in his case, he used computer skills and uh, did a lot towards uh, opening people's eyes about the testing of Mm -hmm. these uh, machines. And I think what this tells us is two things: one is people can use their existing skill set and be very, very effective. You don't have to know how to do everything; just take steps doing what you can do. And the other is we need, you know, more new and young people because. Uh, there is an aging population here of some of the most effective mm. folks who uh, we unfortunately have been losing, and so we have some of those coming up. I'm going to be telling people in the next couple of weeks about a gentleman by the name of Benny Smith, and he's going to be another of the greats. I'll tell you, uh, just so so they they are coming, I think, and I, and that's why again I'm kind of uh, inspired by. When you see things like we saw in Iowa, where you see a lot of new people coming in and they are vigorously advocating, that's the first step to becoming a role model like John Washburn or Tom Corbett.
1: Indeed, uh, thanks for your thoughts, Tom Corbett. Will. He was, I should add, a a very good friend on a personal level. A very good friend. Yeah. uh, And just a fantastic guy. He will be missed, but hopefully his uh, work will continue to inspire other citizens to step up and demand election integrity and oversight in your own hometowns. Tom did it. You can, too. Bev Harris. I got to get out. I suspect we will be talking to you a lot this season. Uh, Always good to catch up with you. Bev Harris, check out her work as ever at blackboxvoting.org. Thanks for joining us today, Bev, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and we are back with, uh, oh, Desi Doyen and the Green News Report right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. Well, the news never stops, so neither do we. <laughs> neither does Desi Doyen with uh, the Green News Report. And I should note, Desi Doyen, our listeners may want to take cover because apparently, uh, I didn't know it when we recorded it, but this is episode 666 Yikes. of the Green News Report. Uh, that's right. It is number 666 and our latest Green News Report.
0: I know! We can combat climate change and be the clean energy superpower of the 21st century.
3: Democrats keep pushing climate action. Republicans keep ignoring it. We are literally drowning. Florida mayors beg Marco Rubio to address rising sea levels. California Attorney General sues over massive Porter Ranch gas leak. Plus,
0: why would Governor Snyder try to blame the city council for this decision when it was his own appointee? who made it, and you have a city council that has no authority.
3: Plenty of blame to go around as FBI launches an investigation
1: into Flint. All of that blame and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. The debate is over. Climate change is real. Wait, are those people cheering for climate change? Man, elections are so confusing. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, speaking of action, we're finally seeing some action out here in California where the attorney general is now suing. The gas company for this massive uh, leak that continues in Porter Ranch, California, near us here in Los Angeles? Yes,
3: that's right. The Attorney General Kamala Harris and the Los Angeles County District Attorney have both now filed separate criminal lawsuits against Southern California Gas Company. They're accusing the company of failing to report the leak to state officials immediately after it happened. Criminal lawsuits? Yes, this is a very big deal. In politics, in the wake of Maryland Governor Martin O'Malley dropping out of the 2016 Democratic presidential primary race after the Iowa caucuses, Democrats are now down to just two candidates. Although their clean energy policies are not as ambitious as O'Malley's, both former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders pushed for action on climate change as they departed Iowa. Senator Sanders excoriated the Republican presidential slate for denying climate science.
1: Stop worrying about your campaign funds from big oil or the Koch brothers, or the coal industry. Worry about the planet. You're going to be leaving your children and your grandchildren. Hey, children and grandchildren, don't pay the bills around here, Bernie.
3: But also remember that Senator Ted Cruz, who won the Republican Iowa caucuses, is a full-bore, unapologetic climate denier who has repeatedly accused U.S. scientists of outright fraud.
1: Cruz is an outright denier. Donald Trump is an outright denier, actually blaming the Chinese For the hoax that is climate change, according to him.
3: And for Senator Marco Rubio, who used to act as if he accepted climate science now does not.
1: He was actually a leader on climate science one time but not anymore.
3: And for 15 mayors in South Florida, the accelerating impacts of climate change are already hitting home. They have written a letter calling on Marco Rubio to drop his climate change denial and help his constituents deal with the immediate crisis of nearly daily flooding caused by rising sea levels that's occurring right now in their communities. On the broadcast, Pinecrest, Florida Mayor Cindy Lerner called for Rubio to act on the federal level.
0: We are literally drowning um, here in South Florida and have to rely on our next president understanding the risk that we and the other coastal communities all over this country are facing. We are ground zero. We are the uh, canary in the coal mine, so to speak, of what's going, going to be happening throughout the United States.
3: Up in Michigan, the FBI is now investigating the handling of the Flint water crisis by the administration of Republican Governor Rick Snyder to determine whether any federal laws were broken. At a House committee hearing on Wednesday over the crisis, the Virginia Tech researcher who fought tenaciously to expose the fact that Flint's drinking water was contaminated with lead, Professor Mark Edwards, testified that the lion's share of the blame belongs to Michigan's State Department of Environmental Quality.
2: They were covering this up. there's no question about it. You read the emails. They, were, they lied in writing to the EPA, basically repeated one lie after another after another about the actual situation in Flint.
3: But Edwards said a pivotal role was played by the director of the Federal Environmental Protection Agency's regional director, Susan Hedman, when she discounted an EPA researcher's alarm. EPA had the chance to be the hero here, and Ms. Hedman snatched defeat for EPA from the jaws of victory by
2: discrediting his memo and standing by silently as she knew that federal law was not protecting Flint's children.
3: That regional EPA director has now resigned. EPA Administrator Gina McCarthy has apologized for the EPA's mishandling and pledged immediate and long-term action. For now, however, Flint's water remains unsafe. In Congress, Democrats and Republicans are now arguing over how much federal funding Flint will receive to replace its damaged water system, if any
1: if any. Just amazing. Children poisoned for life because of this, and the same Republicans who pretend to be so concerned about the safety of the American people just don't seem to give a damn, do they? For much more on all of the stories we covered today and the ones we couldn't get to, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Uh-oh. Yeah, they really don't care, do they?
3: No, they don't.
1: Unbelievable. My thanks to Desi Doy and our producer, to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn, and to my guest today, Bev Harris of blackboxvoting.org. If you missed any portion of the show or any other, you can download them all uh, for free anytime at bradblog.com or over at iTunes. If you have any thoughts, questions, suggestions, or anything else, you can drop me email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And you can and should follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog, where we hope you will help us spread the word. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Everybody.